Meeting will come to order and clerk will call the roll. Alder Wood. Here. Zellers. Here. Aaron. Balde. Bidar Silov. Carter is excused. Cheeks. Here. Clear. DeMarb. Eskridge. Hall. Harrington McKinney is excused. Kemble. King is excused. Palm. Fair. Rummel. Schmidt. Skidmore. Verbier. We have quorum. Quorum present. The council's in session. Alderwoman DeMarb. Thank you, sir. I would like to move suspensions of the rules, 2.04 order of business, 2.05 introduction of business, 2.24 ordinances, 2.25 resolutions for items so designated on the agenda. Motion is second to suspend the rules. On suspension, not debatable. All those in favor, aye. Aye. Opposed, no. Motion carries. Alderwoman DeMarb. Um, I'd like to move presentation of the poet. Good. And item number one, item poetry number one. Rec rec recitation. <laughs> Motion. My name is Sarah Bussey. I am one of two poets laureate in Madison. And this is Wendy's and my last time in front of you bringing poets to you. So before I introduce tonight's poet, I would like to just quickly say a thank you to all of you for making this program possible for us. When we talk to poets around the state and nation about this program, which we do not infrequently, uh, this is one feature that they are always impressed by and always curious about. And it has been an honor and a privilege to be able to bring so many poets from the Madison community, their voices and visions to this space. Thank you. And it is a real thrill to be able to close out our tenure here with uh, Professor Rubin Medina tonight. Professor Medina is a poet, a translator, and a scholar. He specializes in Mexican and Chicano literature and culture, intellectual history, film studies, and Mexican migration to the United States. He is widely published, having authored articles in journals and books on masculinity, violence, modern and postmodern hybridity, global melodrama, otherness, and neo-avant-garde poetic movements, as well as his own poems, most recently in the reissued collection Nomadic Nation, reissued by Cowfeather Press. He received the National Endowment for the Arts Fellowship in Poetry, as well as other poetry awards. His poems have been included in dozens of Mexican, Latin American, and U.S. Latino anthologies. He is currently working on a book on the infrarealist movement, of which he was a founding member in Mexico City in the mid-1970s. Since 1997, he has been involved with various UW-Madison study abroad programs in Latin America and Spain. He is also the faculty director for the International Learning Community and the Global Cultures Certificate Program. Professor Medina. Uh, thank you for including me in your agenda. And to be here also, I'm very glad to be here for also honoring uh, Sarah Busey and Wendy Bardenman. I'm just going to read this poem, uh, Applying for Citizenship, just a, a few lines so you understand where I'm coming from and about the poem. I have been living in this country for 37 years as a permanent resident, and every time that I go out of the country and come back, 
I had a very interesting experience with immigration officers. Uh, when I had my uh, green card, you know, there's silence, they're looking at me very, in a very weird way, and some of the officers there to ask me why you haven't become a U.S. citizen. And then I wrote this poem about that. Here, my fellow citizens are my conditions. English only speakers should pay higher taxes. The welfare system should be abolished for big corporations. America should be dropped from the name of this country. Absenting ballots should be allowed for undocumented workers only. The Statue of Liberty should be moved to LA Airport, San Isidro Boulevard, or some place in Oklahoma. The White House should be moved to Puerto Rico, the Congress to Harlem, the United Nations to Wounded Knee. Half of the billboards in the country should be given to poets or anyone who wants to imagine the nation, the other half to children. People who say this is the greatest country in the world should do volunteer work for the homeless, sing the national anthem backwards, or attend every death sentence carried out in the nation. Bibles should be in hotels just one day a month. Every other day, authors and books should include El Aleph, Salman Rushdie, Popul Vuh, Maria Luisa Puga, Karl Marx, Langston Hughes, Joy Harjo, Gloria Saldua, John Osaka, and so on. All Karl has intimated that he preferred Mondays. Commercials on TV should be limited to one minute every hour. The Cuban national baseball team should play in the major leagues. Brooklyn should be the official language of Brooklyn. Mimami, the official language of Miami. Pocho, the language of Isalei. All military forces in foreign lands should return within 30 days. They have the option of staying in those countries and blending in. People who do not use cars should be given free monthly tickets on an airline. More petitions when I become a citizen of my nation of others. Thank you. Thank you very much. That was a good reminder as to why we do this. Thank you again. Um, I'm a little confused about the agenda. Uh, item number one was the recitation. Now we have the honoring resolutions. So um, as a way of affirmation of the presentation applying for citizenship, I think it would be very appropriate to now have a vote. Uh, on the question of number one. So is there further discussion? Seeing none on the question, all those in favor, aye. Aye. Opposed, no. Motion carries. Item two, the honoring resolution. Alderman DeMar. Move item two, please. Is there a second? There is now. Um, I don't have a copy of it. Will you read Would it? Would you like to read it? Please. Okay. Thank you. 
Um, this is from the mayor and the common council. Whereas Wendy Vardaman and Sarah Busey have served as extraordinary poets laureates of the city of Madison since January 16, 2012, and whereas they stewarded and expanded Metro Transit bus line program, and whereas they co-edited and published the anthology Echo Locations Poet Poets Map Madison in the fall of 2013, and the book served as a way to publish local writers as well as raise funds for the Madison Poet Laureate Endowment, and whereas they curated a series of poet readings before the Common Council meetings to celebrate and inspire civility and civil discourse, and whereas they took numerous interviews, maintaining a high public profile of the position established by previous poet laureates, and whereas they published the work of the diversity of local poets through their publishing company, Calfeather Press, and through their magazine, Verse Wisconsin, and whereas they organized and hosted numerous poet, poetry events, including the annual Ulbricht Garden Reading and the Women's Write-In Series, providing area poets with the opportunity to read and write strengthening their voices and a sense of literary community, and whereas they generously shared their time and their poetry with the community bringing poetry to diverse audiences from tempo to poetry camp to conferences, and whereas they worked with the Wisconsin Book Festival, Pass the Mic First Wave, and with Forward Theater, developing poetry content for these important civic of public events, and whereas through their outreach they shared the Madison Poet Laureate's tradition and other Wisconsin communities, for example, forming a par partnership with Worm Farm Institute in Reedsburg to create roadside poetry signs for the annual Farm Art Detour, and now therefore be it resolved, the Mayor and the Common Council of the City of Madison, Wisconsin, do hereby recognize the dedicated service and outstanding achievements of Wendy Vardaman and Sarah Busey through their tenure as the Madison Poet Laureates and is signed by Mayor Seglin. Thank you very much. Thank you. I'm are there any words that you wish to share? <laughs> I'm, I'm speechless. I wasn't expecting to be honored tonight. I was here to listen to Rubin, so I just I really appreciate that and and all of you listening to us and to to Rubin over these last four years. Thank you. Thank yeah. you so much. Thank you. It's been wonderful. Yeah. And I I, ho I think both Wendy and I hope that even as we transition out of the laureateship that we will see you in various ways and places around town and continue to dialogue and continue to talk about intersections between the city and the arts and how we can work together to make that happen. Thank you. Thank you very much. Alderman Rommel. Thank you, Mayor. I have a question for you, sir. So what, what's the program going forward? Are you going to make an announcement about some new poet laureates? And hopefully, if you do, that they will continue with this program, which has been so inspiring. And finally, 
You all did some marvelous artwork with some of the poems, and I'm wondering, are they going to be housed anywhere, say in your office or in a hallway? Just some of them are really quite beautiful. Lisa says she has. There's, there's many yeses to your question. Um, the program will continue, yes, and um, there will be some of the uh, poetry that we've heard here uh, memorialized in print. Um, All room there. I just wanted to thank Darren Wendy. I remember back in, in 2012 um, when we first discussed having um, poets come to, to our council meeting. And I have to say that as I think back about council moments, um, some of the most defining moments are the moments in which we've had um, poets from our community come. Um, and start our meetings. Um, they've been very meaningful. And I want to especially thank you for the diversity of the, the, the poetry and the poets that you've brought before us. It really has um, brought together arts and community um, and our many discussions about um, equity all together in very meaningful ways. So thank you so much. Thank you again. Discussion on the question? All those in favor, aye. Aye. Opposed, no. Motion carries. Alderman Dumar. Thank you, sir. At this time, a consent agenda will be moved with the recommended action listed for each item except items which have registrants wishing to speak, items which require an extraordinary roll call vote and are not included on the consent agenda by unanimous consent, items which older persons have separated out for discussion or debate purposes. Agenda items 3 through 12 are public hearing items. The following items are extra majority items to be included on the consent agenda with request for unanimous vote. Item 33 is amending the 2015 capital budget and authorizing the city engineer to execute an incentive agreement and any associated documents with focus on energy for incentive payments to the city of Madison for renewable energy. And item 42 is accepting a $15,000 grant from Dane County Build, which is Better Urban Infill Development Program, to perform a health impact assessment for the Darbo-Worthington Starkweather Neighborhood Plan Study Area and authorizing the Planning Division staff to hire a consultant to perform the assessment. Agenda items part of the consent agenda with additional recommendations. Um, as noted, um, as item 20, an operator license. The recommended action is to re-refer to the Common Council meeting of the 1st of January or the 5th of January. Item 36, a resolution authorizing and providing the sale and issuance of water utility revenue bonds. Report of uh, the BOE recommendations need from Board of Estimates and the Water Utility Board. And Item 85, amending the Common Council's adopted school crossing protection criteria. And the recommended action is to refer to the Education Committee. Items on the exclusion list are item 31, um, authorizing the allocation of the Affordable Housing Fund to support the creation of approximately 160 units of affordable rental housing. And item 43, which is a substitute with the appropriation of $3,850,000 for the general fund balance to agency 
budgets. Item 15 should also be excluded. Although it's not on this paper. Okay, I want to make sure I've got the list then. I have 3 through 12, which are the public hearings, 15, 31, 43. Are there any other items that I missed? No. We need a recommendation from the floor on 36, so we'll separate that out as well. Okay. All right. Repeat it. 3 through 12, 15, 31, 36, 43. Okay. That's the motion. There is a second on the question. All those in favor, aye. Aye. Opposed, no. Motion carries. So uh, be clear about this. On 3 through 12, 15, 31, 36, and 43, we'll take up now. All other items that were on this agenda have been acted upon as recommended uh, in their reports. So uh, I'm specifically here speaking to Dean. Loomis, item 32, where you are supporting and available for questions, has been acted upon. Alderman DeMar. Mr. Mayor, I'd like um, to spend, ask for suspension of the rules to take item 15 out of order. Motion to suspend to take 15 out of order. Is there a second on suspension? Second. Seeing none, all those in favor, aye. 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 Opposed, no. Motion carries. Alderman DeMar. One second, please. Your motion is to adopt. There is a second on 15. There, there is. Um, had anybody been assigned to read this? No, there hasn't been anyone assigned. And we also have a clip that we'd like to show. So. Okay, how do you want to proceed then? Who's in charge of the clip? Do you want to do that first or do you want the resolution read first? Let's do the clip first. Handicapped. 
mighty good doctors who've been taken care of. Uh-huh. Can you tell me any of your doctor's names? Yeah, I have a pediatrician, Dr. Hanson, who works in Madison, St. Mary's Hospital, and then at UW, I have the bone doctors, Dr. B, who takes care of the bones, I guess, because he's a bone doctor. Anyway, I had surgery earlier this summer because I have pain in my stomach called autonomic dysreflexia. And I just... What was that? Autonomic dysreflexia. I'm not exactly sure what it means. But you sure can say it. Yeah. Anyway, so I had surgery done just recently to try and cut the sphincter because I'm holding my urine in. So, well, you have a lot of things going on when you're... That just shows you have a lot of things happening to you when you're handicapped most of the time. And sometimes that happens when you're not handicapped. Of course. But you're able to talk about this so well and help other people Mm -hmm. who might have the same kinds of things. Mm -hmm. Uh, Do you know that song that I sometimes sing called It's You I Like? Mm -hmm. I'd like to sing that to you and with you. Okay, sure. It's you I like. It's not the things you wear. It's not the way you do your hair, but it's you I love. The way you are right now, the way down deep inside you, not the things that's behind you, not your fancy chair, that's just beside you. Yeah. 
part of your proud mom, this proud moment. You know, when when you tell people that it's your it's your life, you we know that you really mean it. And tonight, I want to let you know that on behalf of millions of children and grown up, it is you that I like. before us is adoption and I think at this point it would be appropriate to read the proclamation whereas the Madison Common Council created the Jeffrey Clay Erlinger Civility and Public Discourse Award in memory of Jeffrey's great contributions to the city of Madison and whereas the Jeffrey Clay Erlinger Civility and Public Discourse Award committee has selected William Bill Greer an individual who shares Jeffrey's dedication to, and passion for civility and individual and human rights as the recipient of the 2015 award. And whereas with 40 years of experience as a clinician, administrator, instructor, and clinical supervisor, Bill has worked closely with private and public providers of mental health and substance abuse services, consumers and policymakers, and strives to improve the quality of life for those in our community and whereas since 2005 Bill has been in his most recent role as president and CEO of Journey Mental Health Center an organization whose mission is to improve people's lives by pioneering and sustaining effective mental health and substance abuse services and whereas respect accountability integrity diversity excellence and hope are the values that Journey Mental Health Center supports and Bill reflects these values on a daily basis through his work and in his everyday life whereas Bill is an active member of 100 Black Men of Madison Inc. through his work he has been and continues to be a positive voice for youth of color in our community by supporting programs that encourage academic achievement and social responsibility and whereas Bill has a profound presence in our community. His passion for his work in improving the lives of those in his community drives him to support the issues of human rights, civil rights, and social action, poverty, alienation, workforce diversity, economic empowerment, and health and wellness. Now, therefore, be it resolved that William Greer has been chosen to receive the ninth annual Jeffrey Clay Erlinger Civility and Public Discourse Award and be it further resolved that the mayor of Madison and the city of Madison Common Council support the recommendation of the committee and present this award to William Greer, MS, LCSW, LPC, and congratulate him on being the recipient of the 2015 Jeffrey Clay Erlinger Civility and Public Discourse Award. Congratulations, Bill.
Good evening. Um, I want to thank the mayor, the council, the selection committee, and the Erling of Tremblay for this outstanding honor. Unexpected, I might add. I just wanted to say um, I didn't know Jeffrey personally. I knew of him, as most people in this community did. And he was an inspiration to people throughout this community and throughout this nation. To be the recipient of an award that is named after him is an honor that I cannot conceive. But I'm very humbled by it. And it serves as an inspiration to me in the work that I do. I have to say that the values and the principles that he supported throughout his life, the values of inclusion, of advocacy for those who might not have a voice of their own in certain sectors, of civility in public discourse, are principles that I have tried to pursue in my career as well. I have a long way to go to achieve his commitment and his courage in those areas. But I'm truly inspired by what he has accomplished, what his family continues to represent in our community. Civility is something that is sorely lacking in our discourse today. It seems that everywhere we turn, people are dividing themselves, separating themselves from each other, whether it be by race, region, politics, or religion. We are creating a them and us world. I think that way lies destruction. I think Jeffrey would agree with that. His entire life supported the counter-argument. You honor him uh, annually. And your affection for him and your honor of him suggests that you believe that his spirit still occupies these chambers. And if that is so, then your deliberations and your decision-making is informed by that spirit. <laughs> I think that's a very good thing, and it bodes well for our community and our city. I would be remiss if I did not acknowledge my parents, William and Marie, who instilled in me the values that I have tried to portray in my career. Obviously, the same values that Jeffrey's parents instilled in him. I want to thank the 100 black men of Madison, whose members have been my brothers and my strong support in good times and bad. Particularly, I want to thank Dr. Floyd Rose, president of that organization, who has been a mentor and a guide to me. Finally, I want to thank my own family, my wife, Peggy, my children, Sarah, Nathan, and Brenna, who have been my constant source of strength and my constant 
source of love. This will always occupy a special place in my heart. And I take it as encouragement to keep doing what I've been doing. Thank you. Sir, are you registered? Uh, actually, not. Registered to vote. <laughs> Welcome. Uh, well, on behalf of Pam and myself, I just want to again uh, honor Bill. It's really incredible to us that each year there's more and more people that are nominated for this award and you so exemplify the values of civility that were so important to Jeff and to his success. Um, I mean, what's important about Bill is that he doesn't just accomplish things, but that he accomplishes them through this commitment to do it by bringing people together instead of, as you said, instead of dividing them. Um, we believe that's the only way the world is going to survive all of this and it speaks so highly of our community that folks like Bill can be here and thrive and accomplish things in the way um, that he has and so we're just um, delighted that the award continues and we're delighted uh, for the community that people like Bill can um, shed his grace on all of us thank you thank you very much Mr. Unger um, Alderman Zellers? Um, I just wanted to comment. Um, um, there are several of us here who did um, know Jeff, and uh, Jeff was one of the people that I first met really early on in, in moving downtown. And it was really, if you got involved at all, it was impossible not to get to know um, Jeff, and I, I really appreciated his very active participation in the State Langdon um, neighborhood and his uh, leadership in that um, neighborhood association and in um, capital neighborhoods. I, I very much appreciated uh, knowing him and then in a small way getting to know his parents too. Um, and I appreciate um, the um, variety of people that we have been able to recognize in, um, in his honor. Um, thank you. Thank you. Alderman Rivera. Thank you, Mayor. I, too, want to uh, reflect on, on uh, my friend Jeff Erlinger. I think it's important at this time every year, and it's frankly very hard to fathom that this is the ninth annual award. Um, this evening that Jeff has been um, gone um, in body, certainly not in spirit for that many years. Uh, as Alderperson Zeller said, uh, you really could not be involved in our community without knowing of, if not working, personally with Jeff. He was a truly remarkable, remarkable person. Um, he certainly never um, let his physical impairment get the best of him, at least not from our observations of working with him. Um, he single-handedly 
um, brought to life the State Langdon Neighborhood Association where he served as president. Uh, and literally you could not be involved in downtown civic affairs without knowing Jeff and working with Jeff personally. As the years get by, I know that there are probably fewer members of our body here that had the pleasure of working with Jeff personally, but I assure you when he was still um, physically present here in City Hall, everybody on this council knew him during his lifetime of activism. Um, so I, I also certainly again this year want to personally thank uh, Pam and Howie Erlanger for their presence tonight uh, and in addition, as many of you know, for their continued um, membership in the award committee. Pam has been serving faithfully on the award committee for, I think, since its creation. I don't know if Howie ever had a chance to serve as well, but um, their presence every year is so, so meaningful um, to make this award really um, uh, come to life in, in their presence uh, with us each and every year. Uh, I certainly, too, uh, want to acknowledge Bill and congratulate Bill Greer on his uh, award tonight. I've had the honor and privilege of working with Bill off and on for the last decade as a Journey uh, Mental Health Center, formerly the Mental Health Center of Dane County, is located in the 4th Aldermanic District largely. They have certainly sites in other Aldermanic Districts, but their main office offices and uh, and services are, are in the downtown as we all know and so over the years it really has been a pleasure working with you Bill and you certainly have always been civil <laughs> to the nth degree in all of our um, conversations uh, and discussions over these many years and your words tonight were so inspiring and so moving and really absolutely capture the essence of who Jeff Erlanger uh, was uh, in his activism and certainly in his discourse and, and civility uh, absolutely was really his middle name in all of his work and and uh, um, I can you know certainly see that quality absolutely in all my interactions with you Bill and so a hearty congratulations and well deserved thank you thank you uh, no one else is in the queue I just wanted to I'll make two comments. Uh, first, Mr. Greer, your 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 comments certainly uh, reflect the the wisdom of the selection committee in granting you the uh, award tonight. And uh, I also want to acknowledge Jeff's parents, but to do so not as Jeff's parents, but as two wonderful people in their own right. Um, Who've, who've contributed so much to the city of Madison. And you are just parents. Uh, further discussion? Seeing none on the question which is adoption, all those in favor, aye. Aye. Opposed, no. Motion carries. Uh, I believe that takes us to item three. So we'll declare a public hearing open on a new license for Next Door Brewing LLC. 2439 Atwood Avenue. The hearing's open. No registrations. The uh, recommendation is to re-refer for a recess public hearing to ALRC. So we will not close the hearing at this time. And a motion is in order on three to re-refer it. Alderwoman DeMarb. Thank you, Mr. Mayor. I'd like to move referral of item three to ALRC.
Thank you. Alderman Revere. Thank you, Mayor. I note to my colleagues that there is an agenda note at the bottom of this item on our agenda. My understanding, unless the city attorney or others have a more recent news, and perhaps the elder of the district, Alder Person Rummel, is that my understanding is that this actually is very much ripe for granting this evening. And so we actually, unless anyone corrects me, I would actually believe that we need to close the public hearing, Mayor, and the motion should be to grant. I just want to get us procedurally. Thank you for your comments, Alderman Revere. On October 6th, it was referred for public hearing to the ALRC. On the 21st of October, we have a recommendation of the council to grant with conditions. Then on the 3rd, we have a re-referral for a recessed public hearing to the ALRC. But Alderman Revere, despite what the recommendation from ALRC for referral is, you say there was also a recommendation to grant? Yeah, I can add more information, Mayor, in the legislative history of this. And my colleagues on the ALRC and Alder Rummel could also add their recollections. But in conversations with Food and Alcohol Policy Director Wolf prior to the Thanksgiving holiday and with the city clerk's office, it is apparent that this is absolutely right for approval tonight, for granting tonight. What happened was, as you see and noted, Mayor, on October 21st, the ALRC's recommendation was to grant with all current conditions on the license. And Assistant City Attorney Roger Allen, who, as we know, is the ALRC's counsel, requested time to research and discuss with the Department of Revenue the implications of the new state statute relating to brewers' licenses, as in breweries, not Milwaukee Brewers baseball. And my understanding, and Director Wolf just walked into the chambers, he can confirm this for me, is that Attorney Allen has had those conversations with DOR, is fully satisfied that this is absolutely lawful and appropriate to grant a Class C wine license because this establishment now has a state Department of Revenue-issued brewers' license. So they are, by virtue of that new statute, allowed to serve beer at this location on Atwood Avenue, no longer can serve spirits, that is hard liquor, under the new law, and they're giving that up. But they are, under the law, allowed to serve wine, and that's what this is for, is wine. And they've had a full liquor license since they opened a few years ago. Thank you very much. Further discussion on the question? All right. So just so I can tell you procedurally where we are, we've got the motion to re-refer. The public hearing is not closed out, but the matter is the property of the council. So the council can either re-refer or it can adopt. So it's up to you. Is there further discussion on the question? Alderman Rummel. I move adoption of the... We have... Can I do that? We have to deal with the referral first. Oh, okay. So wait one second. On referral, all those in favor, aye. Opposed, no. No. Motion fails. Alderman Rummel. Thank you, Mayor. I would move adoption of this license with conditions as determined at the ALRC. Is there a second? There is. 
Discussion? Seeing none, all those in favor, aye. Aye. Opposed, no. Motion carries. Clear hearing open on item four for uh, Wikio doing business as Ramen Kid on Gilman. Hearings open. There are no registrations. The recommendation of council is to grant with conditions. And uh, the hearing's closed. There's a public hearing now on item five for a license of Madison Jet Oil LLC. Hearings opened. Recommendation of councils to re refer with a recess public hearing. I am not going to close the hearing. Item six is a public hearing on a series of new licenses. Class A ciders for PDQ stores. Recommendations of the council is to grant. There are no registrations. The hearing's closed. Declare hearing open on item seven for Shopco Holding Company for a license at Zaire Road. There are no registrations. The recommendations of the council is to grant. Since there are no registrations, we'll declare the hearing closed. Declare hearing open on item eight. No, we'll stop there. Let's do uh, a motion to adopt the recommendations of the LRC on four through seven. Alderman DeMar. Like to move adoption of recommendations of ALRC on four through seven. Is there a second? There is on four through seven. Discussion? Seeing none. On the recommendations of the LRC, all those in favor, aye. Aye. Opposed, no. Motion carries. Item eight: approving plans, specs, schedule assessments for Portage Road Assessment District. Hearings open. There are no registrations. The recommendation the councils to adopt under suspension. Why don't we take this up at this time? Alderman DeMar. To move item eight, report of the Board of Public Works, recommended council to adopt. Thank you. Is there a second? Discussion? Uh, City Attorney, I just want to check. It says here recommendation to adopt under suspension. But that was covered by the original motion. Yes. Okay. Thank you. So on the question of adoption, all those in favor, aye. Aye. Opposed, no. Motion carries. Item 9, approving plan specs and schedule assessments for Walter Street and Sargent Street Assessment District. Uh, no registrations, so we'll declare the hearing closed. And since the following one needs suspension, we'll first take up the following one. Number 10, approving plan specs. Schedule assessments for McKenna Boulevard, South Gammon Road Assessment District. There are no registrations. The hearing's closed. And so it would be in order now to take a motion to adopt 9 and 10. I'd like to move adoption of 9 and 10, a report of the Board of Public Works. Thank you very much. There is a second discussion on the question. Seeing none, all those in favor, aye. Aye. Opposed, no. Motion carries. Um, There's no objection. Is um, need to sign this tonight, I guess. Is there a motion? Could we have a? If there's no objection, could we have a motion to take up item 36 at this time, which is the water utility revenue bonds. Just take a moment. 
to move item 36. Thank you. Is there a second? There is. Discussion on 36. Um, Dave Schwindeke, do you want to just uh, repeat what you repeated uh, the Board of Estimates in terms of the rate and how it compares to two years ago? Uh, certainly, Mayor. So um, we uh, sold water utility revenue bonds today as a par value of about $41 million. The true interest cost was about 2.86%. Uh, we had eight uh, bids. Uh, the next highest bid was only about two basis points higher, and the um, highest bid was um, about 13 basis points higher, so a very competitive um, bid. The coupon rates um, range from a little under 3% to um, 5%, and um, uh, that, there was a premium of about a little over $2 million that will fund both the Debt Service Reserve Fund as well as um, uh, project costs. Thank you. Further discussion, questions? Seeing none on adoption, all those in favor, aye. Aye. Opposed, no. Let the record reflect that it's unanimous. With Alderman Clear? Well, we're, when we're done with this one. Are oh, we okay. Oh, we're, we're done with it then. Alderman Clear? I have a question on item 20, which was, I think, included as part of the consent agenda. Yes. There was a note on the agenda about some documentation that was required. And at least as of the agenda printing, that documentation hadn't been received. So I wonder if we need to. Is there a note on the consent agenda that I missed? Yeah, it's, it's included with the consent agenda. There's a note. To All re about re referral. It's okay. referred. Thank you. Sorry. Thank you. Okay, now we'll declare a hearing open on item 11. A uh, public hearing to assign uh, zoning properties on the south side. Um, there are a couple of registrations on this item. I will call off two to three names at a time. Either one of the microphones uh, is available, whichever is most convenient. First is Joseph Bruno, 725 North Star Drive. Opposing wishing to speak, who will be followed by Ronald Stites. Thank you. The Madison Planning Board to recognize my Blooming Grove properties from 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 rezoning my. Um, Blooming Grove properties from commercial to agricultural. Shortly after my family and I moved to Blooming Grove in 1980, the rumor was that Madison would uh, annex the township. That was 35 years ago. That rumor will come to fruition in, in December of this year. Mid-November, about two weeks ago, I received a postcard from the Madison Planning Board telling me that the zoning of my properties in Blooming Grove would be changed from commercial to agricultural. I don't know what that means. It seems to me that's a devaluation in worth. I brought those properties as commercial. I paid taxes all these years as commercial properties. I do not believe that given all of the years that the city has had to plan this move that, the po that a postcard sent two weeks ago gives me adequate time to deal with this issue. I'm not opposed to the annexation, but I am opposed to the manner in which it is being, it is being handled. My family and I worked hard to obtain the properties. Now, at the age of 68, 
I'm left with these very serious questions, which I don't have an answer for. How does rezoning impact the value, the, the value at the time in my life when I, uh, I'm counting on, on the income? If I sell, will it impact the market value? Can I make improvements of? <clears throat> can I make improvements, or is, it, or is it a lost cost and waste more money? What happens if I will them to my children? These are legitimate questions that I have at this point in time. As an immigrant and naturalized citizen of this country, which I love dearly, I held a belief that the government that the government protects one individual rights. That among the rights are property our property rights, as well as the pursuit of happiness. Please, as you consider this, the subject, be fair and just, and restore my faith in this country. I, two weeks, and, uh, you know, without adequate preparation or whatever, you know, I, I, I really don't understand, you know, what, what that means. I've got two half-acre lots of commercial property, which I'm using as, a, as my shop in a place, in a place of uh, business. Uh, can I grow tomatoes and others agricultural? I don't know. <laughs> it kind of, I'm not the only one that's in this position. Most of the people that I talk to in the area are very, you know, are, are not, uh, they don't know what's going on. Most of the people have spent their whole lives developing it to this point. Most of the people are my age where they're, you know, they want to either liquidate or use that income to support to support their families, and uh, everybody seems to be in the dark. I tried to reach the Planning Commission uh, as soon as I got the notice. Actually, I went to the first meeting. That wasn't, that wasn't satisfactory for me. I went to, uh, I tried to reach the Planning Commission. I was able, not able to get a hold of them for a week. Finally, um, I did get a hold of them, and we're scheduled for a meeting for tomorrow. But that doesn't seem to be... Um, the, the whole process doesn't seem adequate that we do this in short time. It's been 35 years since this annexation proposal came by. I don't understand what the Russian time is all of a sudden. Thank you. Thank you, sir. I'm Mr. Ronald Stice, followed by Sal Genko. Thank you. Uh, I have a business out there. I've been there for a lot of years. I work on sports cars. And it's actually the property I always looked at as value to help me with my retirement. And if it does change, it kind of really will hurt me. You know, I'm 73 years old, so if they want to buy us out, give us a fair market price, I think that'd be fair. You know, but just to turn it over and then make the property not worth anything. It's kind of hard. I understand what they want to do. They want to make it green space. And uh, we're in a part where we're not very big. We can't expand. So just think about when you get a little older and you need a little money. So thank you. Thank you. Sal Genko. Following will be Robert Jenick. Good evening. Um, I, I'd like to voice basically the same things as my two friends and 
people that I've known for years and years and years. I've been out there for 40 years. I started, bought my first building on a land contract and and have 10 buildings out there now and properties. And uh, I'm 73, I've got children, and I plan that this would be a good inheritance for them and also something that would uh, provide for me and my wife and family. And now, all of a sudden, it's like, okay, it's agricultural. How does that change? I mean, it's been commercial for over 40 years, and it's a small piece, but it's involved. There's a bunch of little businesses that have worked their whole lives, and now it's just what happens when it turns to agricultural. That's what we're looking for that answer. I mean, is the property worth then like farmland? I've certainly been paying taxes on it for years and years and years, a little over $25,000 last year. I know the city likes to get income. I don't think there's much income on on, on land that's not has anything on it. The county land behind us, it's all marsh. It's nothing really tillable. I just don't understand it. I guess that's what I'm asking. Very good. Thank you. Uh, Robert Janik? Good evening. Oddly enough, a lot of what I have to say has been said by my three neighbors. We're all of about the same age. We've all had property out there for decades. My dad bought his in 1963, and he was using it up until about four years ago. He passed away at the age of 98 last year. This is an incubator for small properties. I've been familiar with the comings and goings of businesses out there since I was about 10 years old. On November 11th, a postcard was mailed, which was delivered in my case on Saturday, November 14th, giving notice of a hearing by the Plan Commission to rezone these properties to either agriculture, suburban, residential, or conservancy the following Monday. The annexation has been planned or known for the last 15 years, and this was the first notice any of us had heard of a rezoning. The land in this area, which is zoned commercial, is valued at about $100,000 per acre. Agricultural land on this road, Buckeye Road, within a half mile, is valued at $400 to $2,000 per acre. The result of this action is to make these properties unsaleable, and as we saw recently, what happened to real estate in 2008, when the value dropped, there were abandonment of properties, primarily homes. These commercial properties are in the plan to be recreation or residential, as they are adjoining county-owned conservation property, which used to be farmland. The planning department wants people who will drive on the unscheduled Specker Road bypass to not have to look at buildings when they merge onto Buckeye Road, but rather cattails. Most or all of the owners are near or past retirement age. The destruction of value of these properties will impact their retirement planning. Although the city planning department has stated that the current owners are grandfathered in to change the zoning back to commercial will require a rezoning hearing, and I'm sure that the planning department will state firmly that commercial use is a violation of their plan for this area and rezoning should not be allowed to proceed. Thus, there's no chance of regaining the lost value of this property. I believe that there's no hope in selling the properties, and I've confirmed this with a chat with the sales manager of one of the three largest real estate firms. 
I asked him first what did he think this would do to the value, and he said at least cut it in half. And then I asked him in his 30 years in the business, if anyone asked him to look at commercial property, would he ever consider showing them agricultural property? And he said, no, he wouldn't. So you won't be able to list them, and you won't be able to sell them unless somebody wants four-tenths of an acre for a cornfield. It seems to me as though what will happen is we get a little older, and we are not able to use the properties for what we're using them for now. We can't sell them. We'll stop paying the property taxes. The county will seize the property for unpaid taxes and then convert it to conservation uses. This is clearly a violation of the Constitution, an illegal search and seizure amendment. While there's clearly no search issue, this is a slow motion seizure that will be set in place, which may take years to be finished, but it's clear that this is the mission of the planning department. Turn the value on the open market to zero, buy the properties for next to nothing, or wait and take the properties when they're seized for unpaid taxes. You may have noticed the previous speakers and myself all have gray hair. There's an issue of age discrimination, for the plan is causing damage to a group that is totally of an age protected by city, county, state, and federal statutes. As I see it, there's two options. Rezone it properly to the similar zoning that the city has, that the county had for commercial properties. Shouldn't be difficult for the zoning department to tell you in about three minutes what they should be properly zoned for. If at some point the city wants us for conservation, the city can work with the county and state to obtain funds and buy out the properties at their proper value as appraised as commercial properties. More likely, the city will go ahead with the rezoning to agriculture, which the city will probably do. But then I'd ask the city to instruct the tax assessor's office to property appraise, properly appraise these properties at their value under agricultural zoning, which is zero. Nobody wants to buy them for a cornfield. Nobody wants to buy them for commercial use. So then start the process to purchase the properties at their current value as of 2015 as commercial property, not as farmland. Thank you. Thank you. Um, before we have questions of the speakers, um, I think it would be appropriate to have staff explain exactly what's going on here. Mr. Parks. Yes, thank you, Mr. Mayor. Uh, Tim Parks with planning staff. Just a very quick synopsis of what we're uh, doing tonight. Uh, back in 2005, the city entered into a cooperative agreement with the town of Blooming Grove uh, to create peace between the township and the city after many years of contentious annexations and utility extensions, uh, streets blocked by barricades, things like that. So uh, using the tools provided to us under state law, uh, we entered into a, an intergovernmental agreement and later a cooperative plan that was blessed by the state of Wisconsin. And in that agreement and cooperative plan called for uh, two phased attachments of the town into the city. Uh, the first north of the Chicago and Northwestern Railroad, uh, east of the Interstate 3990 corridor uh, to occur in 2015. The second south of the railroad, east of the interstate. Uh, in 2020, the rest of the town uh, to come into the city, including a number of protected areas, Freeway Manor, Clyde Gallagher Subdivision, April Hill, etc., uh, on October 31st, 2027. And so uh, back on June 16th, this body adopted an ordinance 
attaching the north phase detachment area to the city of Madison uh, pursuant to that 2005 agreement and 2006 cooperative plan. And now the ordinance that is before you is to assign zoning to those properties. Uh, it is fair to say that uh, some of the zoning requests that have uh, been put before you are uh, to implement, all of them are to implement the city's plans. Some of them fit the existing uses of the property to a T. Uh, others uh, would best be described as holding zones until uh, the properties are more ripe for development. Uh, we have specific development proposals in front of us. And in a small set of uh, cases, uh, what we are attempting to do is implement our plans and uh, do so in a manner that is rather contrary to the existing use and county zoning that some of the properties have. Uh, and that is certainly what you're hearing from some of the speakers that have been before you uh, previously, uh, that they feel aggrieved by the agricultural zoning uh, that is proposed for an area south of uh, Buckeye Road slash County Highway AB east of Underdahl Road, opposite where the city has for the last 25 years targeted a realigned section of Sprecher Road to intersect County Highway AB. Uh, both the 2006 Comprehensive Plan, uh, as amended in 2011, and the Cottage Grove Neighborhood Development Plan, uh, which provides land use recommendations for the area of the city and future city south of Cottage Grove Road, uh, east of the interstate, uh, basically north of the railroad and a large area of the, well I should say, the southern third of the north phase detachment area. Uh, that plan which was adopted in 2006 or amended in 2006 uh, to include the area south of Buckeye Road calls for a transition to open space. Uh, there are south of the 12 parcels uh, in question, which have a variety of commercial and industrial shops, warehouses, uh, county commercial zoning classifications on them, uh, are bordered by uh, state DNR and Dane County owned open spaces. And the thinking in the 2006 comp plan and the amended neighborhood development plan was that uh, the uh, long-term transition to, or I should say, long-term transition away from the commercial industrial uses that are there currently would be consistent with the open space uses that surround uh, those 12 parcels on the south and east, uh, create a better terminal view uh, at the end of uh, future realigned Sprecher Road, uh, and if the open space transition didn't happen, that low-density residential uses would be inappropriate. Uh, alternate land use for those properties. But under current plan guidance, as adopted by the Common Council and recommended by the Plan Commission over the last 10 or so years, uh, the perpetuation of the commercial industrial uses that you have there currently is not recommended. And so what the Common Council is being asked to do following its recommendation by the Plan Commission is to assign zoning that is consistent with the city's adopted plans. And assigning commercial and industrial zoning to these properties, given the adopted plans from 2006, uh, would not be consistent. Uh, we're talking about open space and residential. They have commercial and industrial. So the agricultural use is a transitional zoning classification that allows 
for the city's plans to be implemented long term, not tomorrow, not next week, probably not next year or even in the next 10 years, but as properties, uh, if buildings are demolished, uh, uses of properties change, if someone came in and wanted to rezone the property, at that time or those times, we would, you know, based on the current plan recommendations, say whether or not what they were proposing to do was consistent with the adopted plans for open space or in the alternate uh, residential, low density residential uses. So, uh, in summary, uh, notwithstanding all of the issues that were raised by the last speaker, uh, which really, frankly, didn't enter into the equation uh, of the planning division whatsoever. We are simply recommending zoning classifications that we feel best implement our adopted land uses, which were adopted by Common Council resolution in the case of the Comprehensive Plan by ordinance of the Common Council following recommendations by the Plan Commission. And I have with me Matt Tucker, uh, the zoning administrator, who can answer any questions that the Council might have regarding nonconformity. Uh, or if the council has any questions about the plan recommendations or the zoning districts that are recommended for approval tonight, I'd be happy to answer them. Thank you. Thank you. Before we go any further, Mr. Tucker, is there anything you wanted to say at this time? Uh, just to remind the council that this is nothing new. We do attachments periodically. We've attached large chunks of land uh, several times, and we go through a process of applying the appropriate uh, zoning at that time. Often we run into situations with conflict and through time uh, the transition occurs. Uh, I can think of uh, a good example is sort of the evolution of the Femrite Drive area where there were a number of homes that have slowly been sort of evolving towards the large-scale manufacturing and employment sector down there. Uh, it's taken 20 years, 30 years to get there, but uh, we continue to kind of progress in that direction. Thank you. All right, we have questions now of the registrants. Uh, any questions of the registrants? Seeing none, Alderwoman Rummels next. Thank you, Mayor. Um, this is for Mr. Parks. It's sometimes hard to follow up after you because you cover everything. And I only have one question about everything you covered. And that is why is agriculture zoning the transitional zoning of choice? The other alternative would be conservancy zoning, which is very, very restrictive in this case. Uh, and in other circumstances throughout the North Phase Detachment Area, we've used agricultural zoning as the holding zone uh, of choice uh, while we're awaiting, uh, in some cases, more detailed uh, land use uh, proposals to come forward. In this case, it was uh, felt like, for example, there are uh, in some of these areas recommended for ag zoning single family homes. Single family homes are permitted uses in the agricultural zoning district. The parcel on which a home sits might not uh, meet the uh, bulk requirements of the agricultural district, but at least the use would be permitted. And that's usually the biggest hurdle when you talk about nonconformity is the use allowed or is the use nonconforming? And then you talk about the lot on which the use sits or the bulk requirements. Uh, but use is very important. So in some cases, throughout all the areas recommended, all the parcels recommended for agricultural zoning, there are in some cases uses that will not be nonconforming because of the ag zoning. In this case, it might not matter uh, whether you zoned these 12 parcels east of Underdahl Road on the south side of Buckeye. Agriculture 
urban agriculture, conservancy, what have you. It, it, it really wouldn't matter because they're, in order to be consistent, uh, it couldn't be commercial, it couldn't be industrial. Uh, we were looking at the uses, and there are a couple of single-family homes in that area that at least from a use perspective would be permitted. But the shops, the warehouses, really it's, it's immaterial because they're going to be non-conforming for use uh, and bulk under every circumstance. And so to give comfort to the, the people who came tonight, a non-conforming use could go on for until, you know, whenever, right? And they could sell the land, but then the question is of land values. What is What would we say as a city to that as part of this equation? That's Matt. I'll take that one. Um, I won't say much about land values except from what the assessor has told me a number of times, which is sales dictate land values. So it all depends on sales. Um, uh, appraisals would uh, relate to value of property if it's being acquired for some eminent domain purposes or something like that or being acquired by the county or the city or whoever, appraisals. Um, regarding the nonconformity question, uh, the the uh, you're correct that the use can continue and uh, as long as the use does not uh, go vacant for a period of time exceeding 12 months as long as the that means the use is uh, continuous it may continue on uh, in perpetuity our office as part of this process um, spent a significant amount of time in the Dane County uh, zoning office uh, uh, collecting every record on every one of these properties relative to the zoning approvals that have occurred over time. So we feel like we have a very clear picture as to what the, the zoning approvals are for each of the properties in the attachment area. We also have uh, 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 anticipated handoff, a planned handoff of all the building permit records from the town of Blooming Grove office. That group is going to hand us everything that they've issued over the years so we can populate our building uh, uh, property files uh, for these properties, which also often kind of tell us about the use of the property. So we'll be able to paint a picture as to what we believe the legal use of the property is at the time of attachment. And we're encouraging uh, folks that uh, are, have contacted us to meet with us and talk with us about documenting the use of the property, uh, involving going out and making site visits, uh, um, verification with the county zoning administrator relative to uh, some kind of maybe a clause in their zoning code that might not show up on a land record so we can document exactly what people are doing to protect their present and future interests in the property. I guess my final question is it sounded like that there would be some meeting with you, you and other staff and some of the, the um, applicants tonight. So would uh, referral change anything, or is that sort of the same outcome in a few weeks as it would be tonight? The, the urgency of the item before the council tonight is all of these properties will attach to the city on December 28th. And the goal is to have zoning in place for those properties when that occurs and for there not to be a zoning vacuum, if you will, where there is no Dane County zoning really anymore, but yet there's no city zoning. Uh, the zoning map as it pertains to these properties would be blank. And so the, the nonconformity discussion that Matt's staff will have with uh, some of these property owners uh, really can occur whenever uh, because really what we're talking about here are zoning districts that we feel 
are consistent with our plan recommendations and that will uh, good, bad, or indifferent create some nonconformities for some of these properties uh, that really won't be resolved uh, regardless of when the Common Council acts, but for the, the balance of the properties, probably the, the, the majority of them, frankly, uh, that really aren't going to have nonconformity issues or significant nonconformity issues, uh, we would like to avoid placing them in a vacuum. I can't resist asking what happens when you have a zoning vacuum? Uh, in terms of permit issuance, and I'll, I'll cede the rest of the answer to Matt, but very little because we're, we're not really in a position to issue any permits uh, to the property because uh, we don't really know that what they want is consistent with the zoning and we don't know that what they want is consistent with the zoning that they don't have anymore because they're not subject to Dane County zoning upon the attachment on December 28th. So unlike uh, someone who shows up and wants a permit for really almost anything you would want to uh, need a permit for, uh, we might not be able to grant it to them because they don't have any land use entitlement in place because there's no zoning by dint of the referral that uh, could occur and is certainly the common council's discretion. Alderman Clare. Thank you, Mr. Mayor. It, it sounds like to hear the property owners um, tell it that there's been little to no communication with them about this. It certainly sounded from what they said that, that this is the first they heard of this change was the postcards they received notifying them of the public hearing of the plan commission. Is that is that accurate? Um, and do we have any authority to communicate with them since they're not technically in the city of Madison yet? Is that, that preventing um, some communication? Or just help me understand what that uh, interaction has been. Our understanding from the uh, working with the administrator of the town of Blooming Grove was that they provided written notice to the affected property owners earlier this year that this attachment was in the city's lap essentially to uh, implement uh, and that they were providing them forewarning of that. Uh, that happened I believe in March or April of this year. Uh, the city acted as I mentioned previously on June 16th and in anticipation of the implementation or the effective date on December 28th, uh, throughout the month of October, we sent uh, lengthy welcome letters to each and every one of the property owners of the roughly 75 parcels. It was approximately 50 letters in all identifying for each one of those parcels what their new city addresses would be, uh, parcel numbers, polling places, how to register their cats and dogs, uh, whether or not they were going to be subject to needing uh, to connect their properties to water service, uh, how stormwater utility bills worked. Uh, in all, it was four pages of information that kind of painted a picture of how we got to June 16th and how things were going to proceed going ahead to December 28th and included in that letter, uh, which I had the great fortune of preparing each and every one of, uh, we let those property owners know that their properties would be rezoned. The letters did not include the zoning districts that those properties would be rezoned because at the time those letters were sent, those zoning districts were not known. That was something that we worked on over the course of the fall uh, in anticipation of ordinance inter uh, introduction last month, I'm sorry, at the end of October and public hearing at the Planning Commission in November 
the postcards that the property owners that spoke uh, or addressed the council are referring to are the postcards that we send customarily uh, for any rezoning conditional use or demolition permit and those postcards were sent in a manner consistent with the the way we send those postcards for every request uh, be it in the city or out because in all of our intergovernmental agreements uh, there are provisions so blooming grove burke middleton uh, that we provide town property owners notice of uh, matters pending before the Madison Plan Commission similar to or consistent with the, the way we would notify property owners in the city of Madison. So there's been a tiered approach uh, for providing notice to the property owners. Uh, the postcards were the most recent thing and maybe the more impactful of the, the things that they've received this year, uh, but there has been uh, a number of ways that they've been notified uh, that this was uh, coming, uh, the attachment, the rezoning, etc. Thank you. Alderman DeMar. Thank you, Mr. Mayor. Um, Mr. Parks, I've, I've just got a couple questions I want to make sure I understand. So there were letters sent to each property owner in June? No. The welcome letters that were sent, the four-page welcome letters, were sent in October. In October. And then you followed up with postcards just to those folks that would go through rezoning the in November. Pro the properties... Uh, we notified each of the, the sub-areas and areas that are identified in the ordinance. So you have areas A through I, and within area I, there are six sub-areas. Each one of the areas and sub-areas were noticed like we would any zoning map amendment occurring in the city. So the property owners of the properties in those areas, as well as the property owners and occupants of parcels within 200 feet of those areas, uh, it was a tremendous effort to provide or to prepare the postcards and get them mailed. Uh, when you think about all of the properties within 200 feet of each of those areas or sub-areas. And that was done in November? That was done prior to the Plan Commission hearing consistent with the public hearing notifications that we would provide for any matter appearing, uh, any zoning matter appearing before the Plan Commission. Okay, thank you. And then I just have a question or I guess that's a question. Um, I believe one of the gentlemen said that they have been trying to get a hold of someone in the plan department and they have not been able to talk to you. I think between uh, Mr. Tucker and myself, we've spoken to many of the, the folks that addressed the council tonight, perhaps not all of them. Uh, and I know that uh, Rick Roll, who's not present tonight uh, from planning staff, has also had a few conversations with some of the folks in the town of Looming Grove who had questions about the attachment and also possibly uh, the proposed zoning districts. Okay, thank you. There's no one else in the queue for questions. Is there discussion on the question? Seeing none, motion before us is adoption. All those in favor, aye. Opposed, no. Motion carries. Item 31, is there a motion? Is there a second? We have a number of registrations on this item. Helen Bradbury, supporting, available to answer questions. Jacob KL, and some other letters, uh, supporting, available to answer questions. Tim Radlett, supporting, available to answer questions. And David Porterfield, supporting, available to answer questions. Are there questions on any of the registrants? 
Seeing none on the question before us. Discussion? Alderman Rommel. Thank you, Mayor. I uh, asked to have this taken off the consent agenda, and um, because I had a couple of questions in general about one of the um, applications, but overall I just want to make sure everyone understands that this is a great program, that we're putting money in ahead of the, the WIDA application timeline to help leverage um, uh, this, this these applications getting WIDA, uh, selected by WIDA. Um, and then we did it last year, and this is the second year, and I, you know, I think it's a really good program overall. I do have questions about the 820 Park Street that I raised at the Board of Estimates. We, at the Board of Estimates, many uh, neighbors came to speak with us, several of whom which, um, got sent to you, their communications got sent to you by finance staff. And I just wanted to just raise the question, a policy question, of how, um, if you had delved deep and read the staff report for 820, it basically said that it's changing a lot of our, this plan to do to do this project, and if they don't get the tax credits, you know, we would really change the plan and not necessarily have any affordable housing. And I just want people to be aware that that is kind of like this part of the strategy that might not always work. And um, no, no neighbors have come today, but I think they persuaded me that they had legitimate concerns about the application of plans that seemed to be pushing, being pushed to the boundaries. So with that, I'll stop. I, you know, overall, I said, like I said, it's a good project, but I, um, I just question, if you read the staff report, it asks a lot of questions about whether the standards can be met, and it gave you the, the plan commission the option of placing it on file. And that decision will come before the plan commission soon, and so at some point we'll find out what happens there. Thank you. Further discussion? Seeing none on the question. All those in favor, aye. Opposed, no. Motion carries. All right, my bad. Uh, we skip item 12. City attorney was distracting me. <laughs> Declare a public hearing on open item number 12, creating section 28, etc. Uh, zoning platted lots in the Autumn Ridge Reserve in the 9th Aldermanic District. The uh, recommendation councils to adopt. There are no registrations. Declare the hearing closed. Um, motion to adopt is in order. Alderman DeMarb. Move item 12, please. Thank you. Is there a second? Second. All those in discussion? Seeing none, all those in favor, aye. Aye. Opposed, no. Motion carries. Uh, 43. Is there a motion? Alderman DeMarb. To move item 43. Is there a second? Discussion? He's moving the second substitute. Move, yes. Yeah, all those in favor of discussion? Seeing none, all those in favor, aye. Aye. Opposed, no. Motion carries. Desk is clear. Alderman DeMarv. Move adjournment. Oh, is there a second? No, 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 no. I'm ahead of myself here. Uh, what Just was that? Second. What do we have to do? We oh, introduction. Yeah, introduction from the oh, board. I'm trying to catch those guys before they leave. Alderman Fair? Thank you. Uh, I'd like to move file number 4987, authorizing the city's community development division to provide reimbursement in the amount of $2,282 to Sarah Krause, I believe, for an overpayment of a down payment assistance loan provided through Operation Fresh Start and funded by CDD. Thank you. It will be referred as so ordered. Anything else? Hello? Happy birthday, Liddell. 
Alderman DeMeyer? I'd like to move adjournment. Is there a second? second. Motion second. Any announcements? Seeing none, all those in favor, aye. Aye. Opposed, no. Motion carries.